Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media, and this is The Literary Gardener for June 27, 2019. The topic this time is 10 Questions to Test Your Tomato Intelligence. When speaking of the mediocre, run-of-the-mill, commercial-industrial tomato, we happily call it a tomato. But when speaking of a compost-fertilized, sun-ripened, full-flavored, homegrown beauty, the proper pronunciation is definitely tomato, with emphasis on the ah. Elliot Coleman, Four Season Harvest, 1999. I've been quoting Elliot Coleman lately because I've thoroughly enjoyed reading his book, Four Season Harvest. Not only does Coleman offer lots of practical advice for growing organic vegetables and herbs all year, he has a remarkably cheerful you-can-do-this attitude despite the fact that he gardens year-round in Maine. He also sprinkles in literary quotes with a preference for Henry David Thoreau, who happens to be one of my favorite authors and thinkers too. On the subject of garden fresh tomatoes, Coleman recalls Thoreau's famous lines explaining why he decided to spend two years at Walden Pond. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. Coleman says the same is true of growing tomatoes in our garden. You want to grow your own so as not to come to the end of life and find you have never tasted a real tomato. Most gardeners take Coleman's advice to heart and grow at least one, if not a dozen, tomato plants each year. But how well do we really know our globular garden friends? See if you can answer the following questions. Yes, this is a quiz. I'm a teacher on summer break and I need my fix. Number one, are tomatoes native to America? or made in China? Number two, are tomatoes a fruit or vegetable? Number three, are tomatoes poisonous? Number four, are tomato plants annuals or perennials? Number five, are tomato plants bushes or vines? Number six, is a determinate tomato strong-minded and an indeterminate tomato wishy-washy? Number seven, can a canning tomato be eaten fresh? Can a slicing tomato be preserved? Number eight, are tomato plants pollinated by bees? Number nine, are the hairs on a tomato plant there just for show? Number 10, should a tomato plant be pruned? And the bonus question, are tomato plants easy to grow? So here are the answers. Number one, Tomatoes are native to Western South America. The Aztecs are thought to be the first to cultivate tomatoes as early as 700 AD. In fact, the word tomato derives from tomato, the name the Aztecs gave to the wild plant species that bore small yellow fruit. The Aztecs called their plant cultivars zitomato, which produced larger, sweeter red fruit. Spanish explorers brought tomato seeds back to Europe in the 1500s. However, tomatoes were not grown in North America until the early 1700s. Although tomatoes are not natives of China, that country is one of the world's top producers of tomatoes, most of which are grown for processed foods such as pasta sauce and ketchup. Number two, 
Botanically speaking, tomatoes are a fruit because they contain seeds and develop from the ovary of a flowering plant. Cucumbers, eggplants, and squashes are technically fruits too. Vegetables, on the other hand, consist of other edible parts of the plant, roots, leaves, and stems, and they don't have seeds. However, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 1893 that tomatoes are officially vegetables, at least for tax purposes. In Nix versus Hedden, the court decided tomatoes should be taxed at the higher rate of other vegetables because people considered them to be vegetables and they ate them as a savory food before or with a meal rather than as a sweet dessert. Number three, in the early 18th century, Carl Linnaeus designated the botanical name of Lycopersicum esculentum to the tomato which translates to edible wolf peach. Clearly, Linnaeus was under the influence of the prevailing belief of the times that eating tomatoes drove one to practice lycothropy, the witchcraft of summoning werewolves. In fact, tomatoes are a member of the nightshade family, which also includes highly poisonous plants such as datura or devil's trumpets, mandrake, henbane, and the hallucinogenic deadly nightshade or belladonna. Tomatoes do contain a small amount of natural toxins that help prevent animals from eating them, which may cause problems for people with autoimmune disease or digestive sensitivity. When tomatoes were first introduced to Europeans in the 1500s, the wealthy ate from pewter plates and utensils. Acid in the tomatoes caused lead to leach from the metal into the food, resulting in lead poisoning. Poor people who ate from wooden plates and flatware were not affected by eating tomatoes. The English adopted the Spanish name for tomatoes, tomates. However, the name was changed to tomato as a marketing strategy to emphasize their relationship to the more familiar potato, which is also part of the nightshade or Solanaceae family. Number four, tomato plants are tender perennials grown as annuals in USDA hardiness zones two through 10. They originated in tropical climates of South America where they can grow to the size of a small tree Indeterminate varieties can be grown year-round in a heated greenhouse. Number five, tomato plants are all technically vines that would sprawl along the ground unless staked or trellised. Some cultivated varieties have a bushier growth habit but still should be caged to support their fruit. Number six, determinate tomato plants are indeed strong-minded in the fact that they grow like a bush to maturity and then they stop growing to produce fruit all within a two-week period canning tomatoes are usually determinate types indeterminate tomatoes have more of a vining habit and will continue to grow and produce fruit until they are killed off by frost in the fall most heirlooms cherry and slicing tomatoes are indeterminates Semi-determinate tomato plants, such as Lozano, a cherry type, and Grappoli d'Inverno, a preserving type, are more compact plants but produce fruit longer, like indeterminate plants. Number seven, 
In theory, all types of tomatoes can be eaten fresh from the garden and all kinds of tomatoes can be preserved by drying, canning, or freezing them. However, the juiciness and thinner skins of slicing tomatoes make them particularly good for eating fresh, whereas the tougher skins, drier meat, and fewer seeds of paste tomatoes, such as Roma, are best for cooking, which releases their flavor. Number eight, tomato plants are self-pollinating, which means their flowers have male and female reproductive parts. Light wind is usually sufficient to move the pollen stored in the flower's anther to the stigma, where it is fertilized. However, bumblebees are attracted to the bright yellow color and shallow shape of tomato flowers. Bumblebees increase the tomato plant's productivity by vibrating their bodies on the flower, releasing more of the stored pollen. Gardeners can replicate this process by gently shaking a closed flower or placing a vibrating toothbrush on the flower. Number nine, hair on the tomato's plant stem, leaves, and even the fruit are called trichomes. The hairs discharge oils that produce that wonderful earthy smell that gardeners love so much about growing tomatoes. Not only does the scent delight us, it repels some insect pest. Hair also protects plant tissue from bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. It traps water and reduces evaporation. Number 10. Some gardeners say pruning any tomato plant is undesirable because the foliage protects fruit from sun scald. However, it's a good idea to remove yellow or damaged leaves from the plant. Also, pruning some foliage will increase sunlight and air circulation among crowded plants. Pruning determinate tomato plants is usually unnecessary because they stop growing on their own to produce fruit. Indeterminate plants continue producing side branches throughout the growing season, pinching off suckers that grow in that V-space between the main stem and side branches will help redirect the plant's energy to producing fruit rather than more leaves. At the end of the growing season, it's a good idea to prune off all the leaves to allow the plant to focus on ripening the remaining fruit. And the answer to the bonus question? Well, that answer to whether or not tomato plants are easy to grow in the Rogue Valley deserves its own column. So I explore this topic and invite you to explore it with me on my blog at httpblogs.esouthernoregon.com, The Literary Gardener. And that's it for The Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening.